Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. begin tonight looking at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when it comes to the subject of healing. Now there is a presumption in Christianity that the only reason Jesus ever healed anybody was that he was the son of God. So, you know, certainly Jesus could heal. Uh, There's also a presumption that he healed everybody. Amen. Uh, But we'll show you as we go through this series that that's not the case. But remember, some things you have to remember about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is that when He came to earth, He set aside His deity. He set aside His mighty power. Actually, we could say it like this. Anything that had to do with the power of God in Him, on Him, or operating through Him, He set it aside. He said, Philippians chapter 2 paints the picture of that. It talks about how he made himself of no reputation, took on the form of man, was made in the likeness of man, took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and was obedient uh, unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. You study that in other translations, and it's amplified forms. Actually, it talks about him almost taking off as one would take off a garment. His majesty, his glory, uh, his authority. His power, everything that made him deity, he took it off. He relinquished himself of it. You say, now why did he do that? To come down and get into the womb of a little virgin girl named Mary so that he might redeem us from our first birth, from all that happened to us because of Adam's birth in the human family, he had to become human. So he was not only 100% deity, but he was also 100% humanity setting aside his deity. He did not walk as a God on the earth. Now, I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions in Christianity is that that is why he did miracles on the earth is because he was Emmanuel or God with us. So, of course, God can do miracles. God can do anything he wants to do. Well, you have to understand he was not God walking on the earth. He was a man in correct relationship to his God, retaining elements of his deity He was still the Son of God. He was still the Messiah. He was still the Christ, the anointed one in His anointed. But He was also human. Amen. Now it wasn't until His 30th birthday, as was Jewish tradition was in those days, the elder son of the house, if the father was dead. Now history tells us that Joseph had died. We don't know exactly when Joseph had died, but Joseph had died, leaving Mary uh, a widow. Therefore, it was the tradition of the eldest son at the time to remain in the household till his 30th birthday. On his 30th birthday, we see Jesus traveling from his particular location to the Jordan River to be baptized of John in the Jordan. After he's baptized of John in the Jordan, he comes up out of the water and the Bible says that John saw the Spirit of God descending and lighting like a dove upon him. Heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, he began to be led by the Spirit. Now, if he needed to be anointed, and if he needed to be led by the Spirit, and if he needed to, be, if he needed to hear the voice of his Father, ask yourself this question, why did he need that? 
if he was God on the earth, why would he need to be anointed? If he was God on the earth, why would he need to hear the voice of his Father? If he was God on the earth, why would he need to be led by the Spirit? Well, he's, he wasn't God on the earth. He was man in correct relationship to his God, anointed. Everybody say anointed. Now what makes Jesus different than us is that although he possessed a physical body, he did not possess human nature. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were by nature children of wrath even as others. So that which affected mankind in the fall did not affect Jesus. You say, now how could that happen? Because he did not have an earthly father. His father was God. Jesus was conceived from the seed of the woman and the word of God. And we know it is the, <coughs> excuse me, the seed of the man that produces the type of the blood of the individual child. Therefore, the blood that flowed in Jesus' veins was not blood that was originated in the human family. It was the blood of God Almighty, the redeeming price for our sin and our unrighteousness. Now, notice this, Acts 10, verse 38. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Peter, the apostle here, is preaching at Cornelius' house. He makes this statement in verse 38. He said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now notice this first of all. Uh, the Holy Ghost through actually the writer Luke who, who is writing the book of Acts, the Holy Ghost inspiring him to write these words shows us that the origin of sickness and disease is oppression. Oppression from the devil. Amen. Oppression from the devil is the source of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease came about because of the fall. Sin produced death. Death produced sickness and disease. Let me say that again. Sin produced death. Death produced sickness and disease. That's the way it was. That's the way it is. That's the way it ought. Somebody got real mad at me one time. This was back when I was in the field. They wrote me a letter and got all upset because they heard me preach and heard me minister to somebody and say that the reason someone was sick was because of sin. Well, it's true. The reason people are sick is because of sin, but it's not individual acts of sin. It's because of the sin nature. Now, that identity of the sin nature in you creates a fertile ground for sickness and disease. But you've got to understand, the identity of sin got removed from you when you got born again. Healing is not something you're trying to possess. Healed is something that you are now. Where you used to be a fertile ground for sickness and disease, now you're fertile ground for healing and health. Because now you are not identified with the oppression of the devil. You're now identified with the stripes that are upon Jesus' back. So how God, now remember, when he ministered in his earthly ministry, now think about these things, meditate on the, these things. When he ministered in his earthly ministry, he was ministering to unregenerate men. Unregenerate men and women. Men and women who still bore the, the weight of the Adamic nature, who still suffered under the sway of fallen humanity. He, was, he wasn't ministering to born-again believers. He wasn't ministering to faith people. He wasn't ministering to people that knew things about the healing power of God. He was ministering to people 
who were still under the sway of the sin nature of mankind. So there's a difference in the healing ministry that was performed through the Lord Jesus Christ and the healing ministry that Jesus manifests today in us. Now we'll look at those things as we continue in the Word of God. So we see that this is oppression from the devil. Everybody say oppression from the devil. But now notice how God anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Ghost and with power. So now we understand that that which took place in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 3, excuse me, and Matthew chapter 4, the subsequent leading into the wilderness, <coughs> excuse me, we understand that Jesus could not have healed anybody until he was anointed of God. Amen. And then secondly, we know from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He said, the words I speak are not my own, and the works I do are not my own, but my Father's. So now let me say this, and don't get upset when I say this. We can surmise by that, that Jesus healed nobody. That the Father healed everyone that got healed through the conduit of the Lord Jesus Christ, His anointing, and His ministry. Showing us today that the way God heals today is how? Through the conduit of men and women anointed by God, it is the Father that heals in the name of Jesus through men and women laying hands, anointing with oil, speaking the Word of God, doing whatever is necessary to get people healed. God is the one that does the work. The Father is the one that did the work in Jesus' day. The Father is the one that does the work in our day. When you understand that, then you understand that Jesus did not just go about randomly healing whoever, wanted to, whoever He wanted to. He did not do that. He had to be motivated and moved on by the anointing so that He could respond to the needs of people. Now, something unique about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is every individual that initiated their own healing received it. That's a good point. You say, what do you mean? Every person that understood that if you can get to that guy, that guy right there, if you can get to him, touch his garment, have him lay hands upon you, have Him speak a word to you. If you can get to Him, then the power of Almighty God, Jehovah Rapha, the healer of the nation of Israel, because God healed all the... Did you know he, they had a great healing revival before they left Egypt? You ought to go study the Psalms. It talks about the Bible says when they came out of Egypt, there was not one feeble among them. If you'll study that in the Hebrew and see it amplified out, it says there was not one sickly, there was not one deformed, there was not one inhibited in any way physically God healed them all. So before, before, and I guarantee you, they're probably some messed up people. You say, what? They'd been slaves. They'd been beat. They'd been whipped. They were probably had all kinds of injuries. But then God just performed a great healing miracle, healed them all at one time, and then just took off toward the promised land. So the Father does the work. The Father does the work through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, also understand that when Jesus was anointed by God, you can see this in John chapter 3, He received the Spirit, as the Bible says, without measure. Everybody say, without measure. Which means that we must receive it in a measure. You say, now why would He have it without measure? Why would we get it in a measure? For the very reason that we just mentioned. He had no residue of the Adamic nature in Him. 
He was the second perfect prototype. The Bible calls him the last Adam. Now let me just say this. Left alone, without the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, left alone without what went on on Easter, left alone without anything going on in his life, Jesus would still be walking around on the earth today. He'd still be walking around. You say, now why? Well, just like if Adam would have never sinned in the garden, Adam would still be walking around on the earth today. Jesus was called the last Adam. Therefore, what killed him? What killed him is what kills every man, sin. And what came along with the sin? It's evil cousin, demonic oppression, sickness. Amen? When he took that up on the cross. So understand that without that Adamic nature, which is what? The nature of death, spiritual death, physical death, eternal death. That is the nature of the Adamic nature. Without that, you don't get sick. Without that, you don't have any type of infirmity. Without that, you don't get injured. Without that, that's why when we get our glorified bodies, those glorified bodies will not be subject to sickness, not be subject to disease, not be subject to any kind of oppression of the enemy in any way. You say, why? Because we would have fully stepped away from everything that happened through the fall of man. Amen. That is the completion of our salvation. Oh, somebody ought to get excited. You say, what do you mean the completion of our salvation? Well, when we got saved and got born again, we received what the Bible calls the first fruits, the down payment or the earnest money of everything that God's going to do for us, in us, with us, and through us. You say, now what does that mean exactly? We got the Spirit of God in a measure. He comes to abide on the inside. He comes on us to empower us. We get revelation from the Word of God. We get to be a part of the church. The church is an entity in which God will use throughout eternity to do no telling what. Well, we do know some things. He'll use it to govern. He'll use it to explore. He'll use it to create. He'll use it to do all kinds of stuff. We get to go around being Jesus everywhere we go. Amen. I don't know about the worlds to come. The Bible talks about the powers of the worlds to come, plural. I don't know what, maybe God will give you your own planet. How'd you like to have your own planet? Fix it up the way you want to. Ooh, that'd be cool. Well, ain't no telling what God's going to use the church for. But he said through the church, he will make known the manifold wisdom of God throughout all the ages. So, understand, Jesus healed nobody. We saw no healing, have no record of his healing power. No record of any miracles or signs or wonders until he was anointed. Everybody say anointed. Now go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's look just a minute before we close. Matthew chapter 8. Now the first thing Jesus did, which he talked about quite a lot, was to establish the will of God. I think one of the greatest manifestations of the Son of Man, as He called Himself when He walked on the earth, was His proclamation and His demonstration of the will of the Father to be benevolent toward the fallen family. Amen. Now, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, He did not enact or enforce Levitical law upon people to their detriment. Levitical law, all it ever did was expose the sin nature in man. A woman was brought to him that was caught in the very act of adultery. 
in which the Levitical law said she should be taken out, stoned, and a heap of stones piled upon her as a testimony to her sin. Well, Jesus said, whoever has this, uh, whoever among you here who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. They all begin to leave. Now, the only person there who had the right to do what? Judge her and pick up a stone was Jesus. And what did he do? He looked at the woman. He said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't know. He said, neither do I accuse thee. So he took away the sting of the law. Now, we know he used the law. There were some lepers that got saved. He said, go show yourself to the priest. There were some other things he did, but he came to fulfill that law. But the negative aspects of the law, he pulled the sting of that law out of it. He began to minister grace, mercy, kindness, and he began to reveal through word and deed truth. Truth establishes the will of God. Now, let's just talk about truth just for a minute. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to give you life. He said, I am life. So you get him, you get the way, the truth, and the life. Now, truth, truth is the establishment of that which is eternal and cannot be changed. Facts are temporal. Facts can be changed. Now, the fact is it's dry. Uh, it can change and be wet tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? Facts are changeable. Truth is not. Truth manifests when a word and a deed come together. They have to come together. You say, what do you mean come together? If I was if I was going to give Mark a thousand dollars, and I said to Mark uh, at the end of the service, you know, I I, I want to give you a thousand dollars. Well, you know, he'd believe me. He'd say, all right, that'd be great. You know, I mean, he'd walk off probably thinking, praise God, I'm gonna get a thousand dollars. Pastor was gonna give me a thousand dollars, and so you know, a month goes by and I don't give it to him. He'd still probably believe me. So I tell him again, you know, I haven't forgot. I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars. And so you know, okay, yeah, man, maybe he's saving it up. All right, he's saving it up. So another. Six months go by, he doesn't have his thousand. So I tell him again, I forgot, I'm going to give you $1,000. And I do that month after month, month after month, year after year. After about 10 years, he's going to determine, Rusty is not telling me the truth. Because what he says is one thing, but what he's doing is different. Now let me let me help you with that. Therefore, there can be no truth between us and because there's no truth between us how could we ever build a relationship amen which will help you with your faith if Jesus says I will heal you and doesn't heal you then you got a right to stand back and say no wait a second man I mean, I believe your word. I've done everything I know to do. I've, I've, I've stood. I've prayed. I've believed. I've done. I've had hands. Like I've done. I believe. And there's no manifestation of healing. You have the right to say, hey, that's not the truth. But you have to have done everything you know to do and everything there is in this word. Many times people are not healed because of a lack of knowledge. And many times people are not healed because of a lack of the application of that knowledge with the element of wisdom in it. I've always said this, we'll study this, we'll, we'll study this a little more, but I've always said if you're diagnosed, if you have symptoms, then begin to pray immediately, Lord, what is the path of healing for me? 
I want to be healed. I do not want to suffer with sickness and disease. Do I need to go to the doctor? Do I need to go to the specialist? Do I need to just stand in faith? Do I need to go have hands laid on me? Find, Lord, I need to find your path. There is a path of healing for me. He leads me in what? Paths, plural, of righteousness for his namesake. Righteousness is right standing with God. Your manifested healing is proof of your right standing with God. So he wants it more than you. He wants it more than you. So you've got to make sure and understand that Jesus establishes the truth of God because where the truth of God is established, we can determine His will. His will and His word are synonymous. His word is truth. Jesus prayed in John 17, Lord, sanctify them by Thy word. Thy word is Thy truth. So we can say the truth of God, the word of God, and the will of God are all the same thing. They're all the same thing. Are you with me? Now, look real quick and then we'll close. Matthew chapter 8, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him, and beheld there came a leper, now notice this, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst makest me clean. Let me read that in the Amplified. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him, and behold, a leper came up to him, and prostrating himself, worshipped him, saying, Lord... If you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me. This man recognized healing power. He began the process through worship. He was seeking not healing. Now stay with me. Stay with me. He was not primarily seeking healing. Primarily, he was seeking the will of God. You say, what do you mean? The first thing he said was not, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. He said this, I know if you want to, you can heal me. So I'm trying to figure out your want to. I'm trying to figure out your willingness. I'm trying to figure out your truth. So I'm going to do that by prostrating myself, laying flat on my face in this dirt, and worshiping you. A light ought to go off up here. Bink. You say, what do you mean? Through your worship of God, you will find the path of healing. As you worship God, not as you go in panic and say, oh, Lord, I'm bad with the doctor said. No, no, you prostrate yourself. You get in a position of worship. Get on your knees. You lift up your hands. You begin to say, Father, I worship you. I glorify you. I magnify. Now, we don't have to be like the leper. We don't have to say, Lord, if it's your will. Will you? No, we go, Lord, we know it's your will. We thank you that by his stripes, Jesus paid the price. We have your word. We have your truth. You have given us your authority. Now, Father, I'm here to worship you and seek your path of healing for this situation. Now, notice what he says. It says, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Everybody say, I will. Now, let me read in the Amplified. He reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed by being cured, and instantly his leprosy was cured and cleansed. That's in the Amplified. So he came to him seeking what? The will. 
and he ended up with what? Healing. Oh, I tell you. I tell you, that's good. You say, well, how's that so good? I said, it's good because in discovering the will of Jesus to heal him, he discovered the will of the Father to heal him through Jesus Christ. Jesus healed him. Why? Because of his anointing. Now, in Brother Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions, and I, I followed a lot after Brother Hagin, and, and still do. Listen to his, his sermons, read his books. And I believe he was a true prophet of God. And true prophets of God, many times get revelation through visions. He had several encounters where the Lord Jesus himself ministered to him about ministry. And one of the things he ministered to him was, was about the healing ministry. And Brother, Brother Hagin said that in a vision, now you don't preach this as doctrine. He never did, we never do. Are you with me? This is not our doctrine. This is what a prophet has taught us. And the Bible says if we believe the prophets, we'll prosper. So we don't put this down as, 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 as what we would call doctrine. This is what we would call inspiration. This inspires us and it informs us of maybe some things behind the veil that we've not seen yet. Now it all lines up with Scripture. Every bit of it lines up with Scripture. We know in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus came out of the wilderness after being anointed by God. He resisted the temptation of the flesh, the temptation of the mind, and the temptation of the spirit. The Bible says angels came and ministered to him. Then he went into the synagogue, and the Bible says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit. And he said, the spirit of God is upon me. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he goes through that whole oration of, uh, of setting the captive free, opening the eyes of the blind, uh, setting at liberty them that are uh, healing them that are bruised, setting at liberty them that are uh, imprisoned, talking about all this power to heal, to bless, to deliver, and set free. But he went around saying this, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. So in Brother Hagin's vision, he said this, Jesus said to him, Everywhere I went, I preached that message. Everywhere I went, I got up and told people, I'm anointed. I'm anointed by God. I'm anointed by God. I'm an now, if he didn't, how could they have faith? Now think about that for a minute. If he didn't, it was not just one scripture in Matthew, one particular, I mean in Luke, but he went everywhere he went, he proclaimed, I'm anointed. Then another time he told him, if you want to read on how to stay healed, go read what I preached almost everywhere I went in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. The Beatitudes, to be kind, to be benevolent, to learn to love one another. He said, that'll keep you healed right there. That'll cause you never have to be sick. You'll never get sick if you'll follow that. He said, I not, I not only preached on how to stay healed, I also got people healed because I told them I was anointed. So they understood and realized when they got healed that it was not Jesus that healed them, it was the Father. He said, now the works that I do and the words that I say are not mine, but my Father's that's in heaven. So now, just, just with what we've taught in this past 20 minutes, look at how the Christian world views the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. They think that Jesus did all of the healing. When in reality, the Father did all of the healing through Jesus. You say, now why is that important? That gives us hope today. That today, men, women, such as you and I, can be anointed by God and minister healing power. Now you say, well, pastor, I'm not in the ministry like you are, but you still have loved ones. 
you have children, you have friends, you have family. And let me say this, if you're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you are anointed. You might not have the Spirit without measure like Jesus, but you've got a measure of it in you, and that measure is more than enough to heal the worst disease, to heal the worst infirmity, to heal the worst, no matter what it is, that is more than enough to do it right there. So don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Just get out there and get your hands laid on them and say, I can't heal. I couldn't heal a gnat's wing. I couldn't heal a fly's eyeball, but I can lay hands on you, and the Father can touch your body right now, and you can be totally healed in Jesus' name. I've told the story, I probably I think I told it a couple of weeks ago about the young man that was healed of the broken leg, the football player that had the, the broken femur in his leg. He wasn't even saved yet. And in a meeting down in Westlaco, Texas, we laid hands on him and prayed. And as we walked away, he began to take a, a, a big pin and began to rip that cast off of his leg. And I turned back to him and said, I didn't tell you to do that. He said, I don't care what you tell me, I'm going to take this off, I'm healed. And he got up, walked around, then began to run around. And then when we gave the altar call to get saved, he was the first one to come up and get saved, showing that somebody not even saved yet could have enough faith to get healed, even of a broken leg. So how God, who did? God, who did? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All of a sudden... This leper comes and says, I need to know if you're willing. Are you willing? What are you willing to do? Jesus said, I will. There's the word. Then he touched him and he was cleansed and cured. There's the deed. There's the truth. Now, the Bible says all the promises. Everybody say all the promises. All the promises are in him. Yea and amen to the glory of God by us. So if God promised a leper in Matthew chapter 8 to heal him and said, it's my will, then it's his will to heal you. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we lift our hands. We worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. We thank you for your healing virtue. We thank you for your healing power. We recognize its ability is working in our lives mightily, Lord God. And Father, we thank you as this series continues that not only each and every one of us will find that path of healing for our own lives, health and restoration in our own bodies, but Lord, we'll all be anointed to go out from this place, lay hands on the sick, see the oppressed delivered, and see Jesus and God magnified in our midst. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Lord, we bless you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.